Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand with me if you would, please. Come on. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am continuing uh, this series on promises being fulfilled, what happens when the promise is fulfilled. We talked about how to approach a promise, how to possess a promise, and once that happens, what do we do? Now, when I say this, I know we get excited. God did something miraculous. He did something supernatural. He did something wonderful. The promise came to fruition. Once that happens, the great danger is that we let go of it instead of being grateful for it. Now, when I say we let go of it, we forget and we move on to the next promise. And though that's great and acceptable, and what we should do is be continually uh, walking in the promises of God, we also need to remember every day to be grateful for the promises that are fulfilled. Now, there are days in our lives when we look at someone who was an answer to prayer, a fulfillment of promise, and then you have a bad day and you forget when you get mad at them, they were what God promised you. And so we have to overcome our humanity. We have to overcome our insecurities to walk in gratitude because sometimes the best time to give thanks for somebody else is when things are not going well. In other words, you're mad and you just need to say, I'm so thankful for you. And they're going to look at you like you're crazy because they know you're mad at them. Instead, overcome that by being grateful. Gratitude covers a whole lot of sin. I know the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. I think gratitude is a form of love. When you can look at someone and say, you know what, we've had some rough times, but I'm extremely thankful for you. You're going to feel like a liar, and they're going to think you're a hypocrite. But do it anyway. I love this psalm, Psalm 100, verse 4. Out of the Message Bible, it reads, Enter with the password, thank you. Now, let me back up, and as many of you have heard the scripture, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's kind of how we know this verse. But out of the message, enter with the password, Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. So the password, if you will, if you want to look at it this way, accessing God is, is not just coming to him with a need, a hurt, a pain, but coming to him, God, thank you. As Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. 
Now, again, faith camps, charismatic camps, oftentimes don't like that verse. But Job wasn't blaming God. He said, if God were to slay me, if God did the worst thing, even he is God and I will serve him. Because God doesn't do everything the way I would like for him to do it. Anybody else said, well, he always does for me. And then I would say politely, I think you're lying. Um, because it just doesn't always happen the way we want it to happen. And when it doesn't, oftentimes it takes us away from gratitude, appreciation, and thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, in some of the worst times of your life is the best time to connect with God. And, and it's, it's very easy to include God in a betrayal, include God in a disappointment that somebody else disappointed you, somebody betrayed you. It's very easy to include God in that because you're saying, God, I can't believe you allowed that to happen. But the reality is that sometimes in your darkest hour, how many of you know when it's the very darkest and somebody turns on a pin light, you see the pin light. But if it's a brightness of day, you never notice the light. So sometimes in that darkest moment is when God becomes the most visible because he is the light shining in darkness. And what the devil wants us to believe is in those dark times that God has removed himself from us. He's disappointed in us. He's, he's frustrated with us. He's angry with us. That's not God. God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So in the midst of whatever it is we're going through, we have to really remember, I'm just grateful for every breath I draw. I am grateful for the challenge that I'm facing. Now, obviously, this sounds very weird, but the challenge you're facing is preparing you for the blessing that's coming. In other words, God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us. And sometimes that means we go through these tests, not temptations, Test to elevate us, not to put us down, but to make us stronger in preparation for the blessing that's coming our way. This is the reason that many people that win a lottery or something of that nature, they're not prepared for it. They often get killed, they commit suicide, their life goes south, and you would think, but they just won hundreds of millions of dollars, but it's the worst thing that could happen to them, and you can read about it, Google it. I mean, it's on the internet, it has to be true. And, and so when you do that and, and, and you realize you think somebody really won it all, sometimes it's the worst thing that could have happened to them because they weren't ready for it. They weren't prepared. And, and so some people get promoted in jobs and you get raises and bonuses and you get all this stuff. You weren't ready for it because you didn't give God any glory because you didn't give him what he asked for to bring the tithe into the storehouse. You weren't ready for it. And so some people say, well, you know, I, I deserve a promotion. God loves you so much that sometimes if he sees you're not ready for something, that it would destroy you, he will protect you from that which you think is going to be a blessing, which really is going to be a curse because you don't know what to do when you get it. I'm just laying this out so that no matter what happens in our lives, like Job, we will serve the Lord. And so that means that gratitude should be something that's always, always a part of our lives. The Bible says in, in Psalm 22 that God inhabits. One translation says he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. The, and, and so if you really want to make an 
create an image of that. God is enthroned. In other words, our praise creates a place for God to sit. That he is enthroned upon the praises of his people. The gratitude, the thanksgiving. That's what gives God a platform. He will never leave us, forsake us, but he is enthroned upon our praise to him. So when you're going through something extremely difficult and you're crying out to God as out of your pain, out of your distress, when you're crying out and you're going, God, I, I can't believe I find myself in this situation. I, I can't believe you let this happen. I can't believe somebody did this to me. Replace that with God. I thank you that you love me so much and you have so much faith in me that I am in this position right now. You have faith that I can overcome this. You have faith that I can, I can get through this. I can get on the other side of this. It's in those dark hours rather than begging God. And, and, and it's okay. I'm not saying that we don't all have those moments where literally you raise your fist to heaven at God. And some people say, oh, I would never do that. Yeah, you've done it in your mind and your heart. You may not have done it physically. But we have all had those moments where we question God, if not even almost attack God and say, I cannot believe you let this happen. And so as we mature in God, as we grow in God, we realize that God says, I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I love you. I don't love you because you're good. I don't love you because you do everything right. I love you because I created you. And I am love. I cannot hate. I love. Now, God can hate sin, but he will never hate a human being. He is love. It's outside of his character. It's outside of his nature. And so as we approach God, as we face another week in our lives or another day, because that's all we have is today, as we face it, we have to be prepared to say thank you. I, I recently got a call from a, a guy that was takes care of a part of our house, and he called me and told me that something was broken, and this was after something else was broken. And everything in me wanted to go, okay, God, what, what are you up to? Instead, I just went, well, thank God. Then I went, thank God I got a house. <laughs> thank God I got something to repair. Thank God that you promised me. And I get really firm with God. Say, hold it now. Listen here, God. You're the one that made the covenant that said you'd meet every need I have according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said that. And you said that you're not a man that you should lie. So get her done. Now, with that said, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, all of us are startled when something unexpected comes our way and we want to go, why is this happening all at one time? Have you ever had that happen? Car breaks down, air conditioner's broken, roof's bad, whatever. And, and all of a sudden, we begin to get our focus not on God, but on the roof, <laughs> on the car, on the air conditioner. All of a sudden, now our focus is on this natural stuff and says, God, I just want to thank you that what's about to happen must be really phenomenal. I mean, because this wouldn't be happening if you didn't have something great for me. Now, this sounds silly and and to religious people. And when I use the word religion, it's man's effort to appease God or satisfy God. That's not what I'm not a religious person. My goal is not to satisfy God or appease God, but to love God and to be loved by God. And so it sounds bizarre if you've never been in a church that, that has this idea that Christianity is all about a relationship with the Lord. It's not about works. 
It's not about perfection. It's about submission. It's about surrender. It's about gratitude. It's about saying, God, no matter what happens in this world, because life is short. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a roll of toilet paper. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. And, and so, you know, I'm looking at it going, yeah, this is really spinning, baby. I don't need a clock in my house anymore. I just got calendars. I mean, you know, in February, we were complaining about the cold. In spring, we were thankful for about a month. In Oklahoma, it was cool. And then we went, oh, Hades. 100 and 105, 105. So it's like, can we ever get happy? Can't wait. The next thing we go, I can't wait for the fall. And then I can't wait for winter. Then I can't wait. You're spending your whole life can't waiting. Instead of, I am so thankful it's 105. Why don't we do that? Because it's hot. It's sweaty. I'm perspiring. No, man. Just take your shirt off and let her go. That's what they do in the wintertime in the cold at football games. These guys, please put your shirt on. But when it gets hot, we complain. When it gets cold, we complain. When's it going to stop raining, we complain. And then it gets a drought. And when God, why don't you let it rain? Are you getting the picture here? Of, of how difficult it is when we are surrounded by circumstances and situations that we're not happy with. And in a minute, in the twinkling of our eye, we become ungrateful because we are unaware. And if we stay aware, we can stay grateful. But if we become unaware, we will be ungrateful. So be aware of what you have and who you have in your life and Who's putting up with you? And you're, you're probably saying, nobody has to put up with me. I'm just all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> Trust me, if I had a private conversation with a person sitting next to you, they could tell me some stories. <laughs> There's not one of us that somebody hasn't had to put up with or is not having to put up with right now. And so I just am grateful. I, I, I just ever down and look at my wife and go, I'm so thankful that you put up with me. I am so grateful. I was having a moment last, last night. And uh, by the way, let me just interject. Susan's surgery went great. She's recovering, but it was a major ordeal. And uh, so we're having this conversation. And, of course, she's got this thing cut on her front of her neck where they went in and did all this disc work and and, and we were talking about something, and I realized, I looked at her, and I said, you know, I think I'm being a little selfish right now. And I think it, I, I think it probably, that's a double take. But I realized that I've got to maintain intentionally, because gratitude is not innate in our sinful humanity. It's just not. Our fallen man resists love, and kindness, and the fruit of the Spirit, gratitude. It resists it not because we want it, but because we were born with a sin nature. And to overcome our sin nature, it has to be intentional. Now, some people are better at it. Maybe their personality is more given to kindness or patience or whatever. Some people have that gift, but most people don't. We all are very, by nature, by our own human nature, we have tendencies to be... Uh, ungrateful because we're unaware and and we don't say the things that we ought to say we say the things we feel like saying 
Some of y'all, everything's a feeling. And, and so I think it's important that we address that. And, you know, we, we have conversations with one another, and we go, okay, what, what do you think? And because here's the deal. When we're thinking, that, that somehow is different than how we're feeling, especially with men, because men are oblivious to emotions, because we think if we're emotional that it's a weakness. Emotion is not a weakness. As a matter of fact, emotion is healthy if it's expressed in a redemptive way. And so you, you, you can ask a man what he thinks, but I've come to the, the place in my life where I want to know what you feel. Because what you feel is very valid, and even if I disagree with how you feel, it's valid, and it has to be validated. So, guys, if you think your wife cries too much, and you, you tell her, look, that's ridiculous. No, no, you need to just validate her feelings. Women, I just loaded your gun full, and you sat there. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you guys need to be quiet right now. This is not a good time for you men to talk right now. Just shut up, all right? Now, <laughs> because the reality is women are much better with feelings and, and than, than we are. And I have, over the years, I've denied myself emotions that be, just in the name of, I, I'm going to lose my man card. And now I cry more than my wife. I mean, it's like, but and I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I can't even watch Extreme Home Makeover. When they move the bus and I see the house and I see the family, I cry with them. Now, I would never have said that 20 years ago. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm a man. I don't cry at anything. Yeah, it's a nice house, but I see a few flaws. Why? Because I'm a man. i got to find those. And what I realized is I don't need to do that. I need to be okay. And, 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 you know, when you're just let people say what they want to say about you. And just if somebody speaks poorly of you, say, thank you so much for thinking about me and talking about me. I so appreciate that you're thinking about me. We get all bent out of shape when somebody says something about us. But the reality, when somebody says something about you, they're thinking about you. You say, but, but it's wrong. Well, at least they're thinking about you. It's better than not having anybody think about you at all, I think. It's not what somebody says about you that matters. It's what you answer to that matters. And so just don't answer to the things that you know are not right about your life. Just smile. Bless those who what? Persecute you. These are hard things. Blessing is, is God, just thank you for giving me the strength to endure what's being said. So gratitude creates a presence. It changes the atmosphere of a room. If there's a struggle going on, you can look and, and there's a family difficulty and you can look and say, I'm just, I'm just thankful I have a family. Now granted, you may not want Uncle Bob there, but be grateful you've got a family. Be grateful that God has positioned you with people in your life. As a pastor, I've had to learn to be very grateful in the good times and the not-so-good times. And, and, uh, and, you know, usually it's not as bad as it used to be. Probably every month or so we get some kind of, I mean, some texts that are so bad that, that uh, I can't even read them to you. And uh, it, it's, you know, I, there's always somebody who's got an opinion about a preacher or a singer you know, somebody, whether well, a singer, I, I feel sorry for singers because everybody says, well, they can't sing. Well, they're doing the best they can. 
Why don't you just be grateful that somebody's bringing, making a, he didn't say make a perfect noise to the Lord, make a joyful noise. Just get happy. Grateful people are happy people. Gratitude is the key that unlocks happiness. Uh, now, I want you to practice this this week. I don't want you just to hear this and go, that was a good sermon. And some of you wouldn't say that anyway because you just don't want to. But be grateful this week. Practice it. What can you say? What can you do? And this is what I have become because I honestly did not grow up this way. And, and for many, many years, I, I'm sure that I, I, I struggled through. I survived. I thrived. I did all that. But to be grateful. And what I've realized now is that just because someone is supposed to do something for you, it's their job, if you will. It's their role in the marriage. It's their role in the home. And, and I could break it down in a number of ways, but let's just say that, that your husband's out mowing the lawn in 105-degree temperature, and he's out there praising the Lord, and as you watch him, when he comes in, Thank you. Even though that's the job that you all agreed that he would do, and you agreed that you would cook, and I hate to, I'm careful here because that those roles really don't matter. It, 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 anybody can do anything. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, but, but whatever the assigned role is, you say, well, you know, we've been married 30 years, and this is the way it's always been. I don't need to be thankful. You need to be thankful every time. You need to communicate gratitude as often as you can. And they'll look at you strange, but for 30 years, you should have 30 years of, thank you for that meal. Thank you for mowing. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you. Your spouse will have you drug tested the first five times you do this. But we need to do this. Gratitude unlocks happiness. In every moment, there's something to be thankful for. In every moment. You're drawing breath right now. You're sitting up right now. You're hearing right now. You're seeing me right now. You drove here. You got here. You ate something. You will eat something. This is America. Nobody has to go to war with us. We will eat ourselves to death. When I was teaching in Europe uh, years ago in London, that was one of the things I told them. I said, nobody has to come after America. We're doing a great job. You go to Cheesecake Factory and you order an entree, an entire family could eat off of that plate. Only here. When I was teaching in Europe... I would sit down and order an entree in Europe. It wouldn't even match an appetizer in America. We can be thankful that we have uh, enough or more than enough. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. When you start giving thanks for what you have, it will turn it into enough because it's how you think. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you begin to see things differently... You'll begin to say things differently, and people will begin to respond differently. We owe everyone gratitude. I'm thankful you're here. Every now and then I think, wow, I'm not just this church, but any church that people come 
to listen to a person hopefully encourage them. Now, some people go to church to get beat up, and when they leave, they actually feel better. <laughs> well, I just took a good beating, and I deserved it. I went to one of those churches, and I was so thankful when it was over, I did have a good week. So I'm grateful I don't have to go to church on Monday and hear what I heard on Sunday. To me, I believe that we ought to go out lit up and, and just happy and at peace going, yeah, things are rough right now, but God is a good God. He is a good God. And, and he said he'd never leave me. He's going to walk me through this. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. And whatever it is you're going through, whatever valley you find yourself in, you're en route to something really great if you keep on moving forward. A grateful heart is a magnet for blessings. What did I say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The password is thank you, God. Before I ever want to ask God for anything, I want to thank him for what I know he's already done. I mean, if you gave your kids, you started giving your kids things, they're growing up, and, and, and over time, and, and it's awesome that you can bless your children, that we can do that. But at some point, your kids need to realize the sacrifice you made to bless them. And, if, and I'm telling you, we live in a day where, you know, the Bible talks about elders. It talks about respect. It talks about honor. We've lost that in our society. We have a generation of kids who think they earned it. They, it's owed to them. And, and I'm telling you, it's not owed. Nobody owes you anything. My mom and dad owed me nothing. I looked at them before they died, and I said, you don't have to leave me one thing because you don't owe me one thing. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for bringing me into this world. You owe me. And now people fight over inheritances. They get angry. They lose, they lose contact. Instead of, instead of I mean, there was a, a loss, and, and, and I, I'll share this very politely as I can, but there was something left that was lost because the steward of what was left for us was mishandled. I told the person that was handling it, I said, and they called me, and I said, it's okay. I didn't expect anything from my mom and dad anyway. I said, I'm just grateful that I had them. It changes everything. We, we have expectations of other people more than we have expectations of ourselves. In other words, I could ask you right now, what do you expect from your spouse? What do you expect from your job, your employer? What do you, and you could give me those expectations, but I want to ask you today, what do you expect from you? What are you expecting you to do? Are you expecting you to act right, appropriately? Are you expecting yourself to be grateful? Are you expecting yourself to do the very best you can? Or are you looking around expecting everybody else to make your life wonderful? I can make my own life wonderful. You can try to make it miserable if you want to. But it's my choice as to how I'm going to receive what you're trying to put on me. I've just chosen, I mean, I, Susan will ask me, if, if we get a dirty text about me, we have this text in church, it's a wide open thing for you to criticize me. And she said, didn't that bother you? I said, it doesn't bother me. Oh, come on, it bothers you. I said, it doesn't bother me. They're stupid. <laughs> now, I know that's extreme, and you say, well, that, you were doing really well up to that point. No, some people just are. 
they just, they're just mean. Some people just feel like their contribution to society is to be mean. And you know what? If you, if you respond to that, you'll feed that meanness. When you don't respond to the meanness, it'll take some of that away from them because they didn't get to you like they wanted to. The reason some people continue to be mean is because people have always responded to how and reacted to their meanness, and their, it, it feeds it. It's like, it's like throwing a log on a fire. But it'll go out. The proverb says if you stop, the way to stop, stop a quarrel is to shut up. Now, that's my translation. But it's accurate that we need to just shut it down by shutting up. Expressing gratitude spreads positivity like wildfire. It's contagious. If you will be grateful enough, you will start feeding the gratitude, that seed of gratitude that is in the people you're around. Everybody has it in them, but very few people use it. And let me tell you why. Because when you're grateful, you, you risk being vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, you risk being taken advantage of. That's why we stop. Don't stop because of what someone else will do in response to your gratitude. And don't expect everybody else to be grateful to you just because you're grateful to them. Because that will be frustrating if you say, well, you know, I go around. Let me tell you how many times I've told you I was grateful for you. And you haven't said one word to me. You're not doing it to get it back. You're doing it because it's healthy for you. It's like forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't set the other person free. It sets you free for forgiving. If they never come and tell you they're sorry or they never repent, that's not what it's about. It's about you getting free and disconnecting yourself from their bitterness and their meanness. I forgive you. And I am grateful that you're in my life because you're helping me learn how to forgive. You realize there are people out there that God's using to bring you up to a new level. I didn't say it's fun. I didn't even say I like it. I don't even want to agree with it. But it's accurate. I mean, you look at everything. I'll go and just read the Gospels, everything in red. Jesus didn't complain when he was falsely accused. He didn't complain when people attacked him. He just kept on moving forward in the will of God. Footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. The footsteps of the unrighteous are ordered by everybody else's opinion about them. Thinking, I've got to navigate my life according to how you're going to think about me. No, I'm going to navigate my life according to the word of God and the will of God and the purpose of God. And my footsteps are going to be ordered by God, not by your criticism, not by what you think I ought to be doing or not doing. And you know what? Sometimes you'll walk alone. Sometimes you will feel alone. Sometimes you will feel abandoned. But in the midst of all of that, you can lift your head up and say, God, thank you that you right now are trusting me to follow you alone. You're trusting me to believe in you in the midst of this darkness that I'm walking in. There was one year that will stand out in my life where I literally lost my church, my family, and I lost my father all in the same year. Within six months, three devastating losses. And I realized in that moment, he was the same God that was with me in my blessing. And he said, I will always be that. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when you walk through those losses... 
I can stand up today and preach like I've never preached because I know what it's like when you're going through hell in a gasoline truck. And for some reason it doesn't explode. And you keep on walking. I am grateful today more than I've ever been grateful in my life. Because God was there in the darkest hour. Some people have never walked through darkness. And I I hope you never have to. That just may mean you've already got it. (laughs) You got it. And God goes, they've got it. Maybe I didn't have it. But for whatever reason, here I am today going, God, thank you. I, I have every opportunity like everyone in here to be bitter, have every opportunity to be unforgiving. But that doesn't help anyone. And life is short, and I've come to realize nobody gets out of this thing alive. I mean, Jimmy Buffett died. Come on. Some of you going, he mentioned Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville right here in church. <laughs> yes, I did. See, everybody, we, we, we're real quick to have opinions. Everything I say, I know something you're, it's processing. It's like data in a computer. And when you come to this church, it's all for sure. Data is being processed. Count blessings, not problems. When you start identifying your problems, with every problem you identify, identify two blessings that overcome that, pro- that problem. My car's broke down. Yeah, but at least I got a car. <laughs> and I want to thank God that it even has gas in it. It won't run right now, but I got me some fuel, and that's worth about 60 bucks. Drain that sucker and go sell it. I'm going to sell 10 gallons of the 20 gallons of fuel I got, and I'm going to give it to you at a wholesale price. And you can make some money. Now, some of you don't know how to do that because when I was a kid, we used to siphon gas. Any of you remember that? Yeah, that's when you put a mouth on a tube and suck it out and drink a little gas when it's coming out, put it in the can. As a teenager, we were rather poor. People go around stealing your gas. You had to get locked gaskets. They'd suck that stuff out, put it in a can, go fill their car up. In this generation, that's as foreign to you as a landline. <laughs> you tell your teenage, see that phone booth? What's a phone booth? We had one phone, and it sat on the bar in the kitchen between the kitchen and the dining room. And so when you had a conversation, everybody heard it. That's, uh, yeah, party lines, too. That, now, yeah, no, that's way gone. I mean... I worked for the phone company for a while, climbing poles out in Prue Road out, outside of Sand Springs. And there were party lines. It was interesting to install those. You could hear all kinds of conversations. Don't think for a minute those phone men were not listening because they were. I wasn't, but I know some people did. <laughs> Gratitude makes the ordinary extraordinary. Being thankful is a gift to yourself. It literally does something physiologically. And you know, we oftentimes disconnect our feelings and our thoughts from our bodies. But do you realize that people who are angry and bitter, their body is receiving toxic chemicals during that time? Google that. That mean people, angry people, live shorter lives. They have heart disease. They, they contract different diseases because they're bitter. It's a true story. That's how come the Bible tells us how to think. 
Think on those things in Philippians 4. Think on all the positive things you can think on. It will change your health. If, if you are unforgiving, it affects your body. But when you start communicating gratitude, you release endorphins and things in your body that are healthy chemicals for you to live by. Happy people live longer. So if you don't want your spouse to live a long time, just keep them irritated. Just kidding. But when people get happy, people get grateful, people get happy. Their lives are better in every way. Spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions. Everything's better. You could go out of here, and, and a lot of people go to church. They go to concerts. They go to movies. And the first thing they do when they go leave there is to find the things that they didn't like about that experience. You could leave here today. I always give you something to criticize. It, 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 without, it's a gift. And, and, and you, you could go to a concert and, and you won't like one of the songs. You won't like how they sing. You, 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 we, we, by nature, are given to criticism. So when you walk out of a, a movie, a church, find something good to say about it. Something to be grateful for. It's just so easy. I mean, we have, you know, we got kids here. We got, we got music. And I, I mean, I, I, I ran sound for a traveling group. Uh, for a while and we'd have to go to different venues and I'd have to set the sound it's a hard job so whenever you have a sound guy our sound guys are here are phenomenal they're the best of the best and I, I thank them because it's not easy to come in here week after week you need to thank these people well it's too loud well no you're just too sensitive see we have blame somebody else. we have earplugs for you well I don't want to hear me and see you see what I'm saying could we just not cooperate why, why do we always have to, well, if it's going to be that way, I'm leaving. Oh, my, don't let. Holy pause. I guess where I'm at in life, and, and again, you know, I wish we got a mulligan. Wouldn't it be great if, if you could, like, relive your 30s because you're an idiot? In some of our cases, the 20s and 30s, the decades of dumb. And, and you look and go, if I could play that again and know then what I know now. Any of you ever think that way or is it just me? I look and go, what, 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 what was I thinking? I, I just, every now and then I have those uh, moments. But if you're young enough and you're listening to this message right now, and if you just take a little bit of what I'm saying today, I'm speaking from the platform of experience and not always good experience to help us live the life that God wants us to live. Be grateful. It's, it's really simple. Be grateful. You know, it's, it's, it's not always what you give somebody physically, gift-wise, though that's wonderful. And I tell you, there are some people that are great gift givers and and, and, and they're just, it communicates their gratitude. Some people are very verbal, and, and you're very grateful verbally. And some of you are works-oriented. Somebody needs something fixed, and you go fix it. Uh, it that's it's a sign of I'm grateful. We have a relationship, a friendship, whatever it might be. But if I could sum up the gospel, 
It's kind of the culture of this church. Love, grace, and mercy. I'm grateful for the love that God has extended to us. Because love never fails. And if God has extended that love to us, we need to extend that love to one another. Grace. God said where sin abounds, grace does more abound. But what happens in our humanity is we focus on the sin and not the grace. Everyone in this room has sinned big time. And I know right now some of you are going, not me. Oh, yeah, you have. Now, it may not have manifested physically, but in your mind, you've killed about 20 people. Some of you are going, how did he know that? <sighs> you know, the mind is a strong thing. So if we're grateful for grace, we need to extend grace. And that's very hard sometimes because most of us are very aware of consequences. And certainly if you're speeding and you get a ticket, there are consequences. That's the way it's set up. It doesn't mean the officer doesn't have grace, but... It just means, you know what, I'm gonna get this will help me not speed again. Now, some of you just never gonna get it. <laughs> but you just like speed. Go for it. Just keep paying tickets and just make sure it's ten and under where it doesn't go on your record. How would I know that? <laughs> mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Show mercy to people. When you do, you're showing gratitude that God has shown you mercy. Let's be that kind of people. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us life, giving us breath, giving us everything good. Because every good and perfect gift comes from you. We know there are bad things and bad things that ha <clears throat> happen in this world. And bad things that often happen to us. But in the midst of those difficulties, as in the life of Job... If we will go from chapter 1 to the last chapter and we will walk it out with thanksgiving, I believe, like Job, you'll give double what we had in the beginning. But we must remain grateful. Empower us, God. Remind us. Make us aware. Or may we become aware every day of the good things, not just the difficulties and the bad things, but the good things that you are doing in our lives. May we not lose sight of you because of our sight of everything going on around us. May what's going on within us, your spirit, be greater than the spirit of the world going on around us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we always like to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. And uh, it's a simple prayer, but it makes a huge difference in our lives. A large difference. A simple, small, little prayer. And I want to ask all of you watching online and those of you in-house, pray this prayer with me right now. Pray it out loud. You know, there's no shame. I remember when I first got born again, I was born again. And I thought, but I'm already saved. Why am I praying this? I'm praying this because, number one, you can never pray it too much. And number two, there are people that really need Jesus, and they don't want to do this alone. So let's, let's pray it with them. So all of you pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. 
I repent of my sin, and I declare I am born again, and I am grateful. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, watching online or watching this as recorded, um, I want to ask you to text the word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Because there's so many people watching around the world. We get analytics uh, every month. We do this analytics to see where everybody's watching from. We have quite a few from Africa, uh, where I lived for a while, and, and uh, there are people there watching. And so um, I, wanna, I want you to, to take this moment and, and text that word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.